0: okay good morning uh all you groove rats out there this is adam pickett on the pushing rubber podcast episode 38 it's uh, a couple of days late i'm sorry i've been um uh, by the way i am uh recording at a much higher volume um i had a message from a regular listener saying that um he has to turn my podcast up huge volume to be able to hear what I'm saying in his car when he's driving around so a little bit of an experiment here I've got the mic all way up on the audacity program um, so it's uh, peaking out a little bit um, I've adjusted it back as much as I can so this is a bit of an experiment if you've got issues with it um, let me know um, I've been a bit distracted this week um, so this is yeah, a couple of days late my apologies for it um, I've got to be honest. I've been distracted this week because I've been playing in a uh, beta, uh, is it a one week beta on a um, video game, an MMO uh, that I got into, um, and I haven't. I used to be a quite a big gamer. Some of you who've been following, who follow me now, have been following me since uh, my uh, video gaming blog called the noisy rogue uh which is still up although i haven't posted on it for a few months um and yeah back in the day it was a very big gamer i mean my gaming pedigree actually i'm just looking at this mic it really is peaking out a bit so i'm just going to turn it down a little bit here. okay um so my gaming pedigree i mean i got my first computer uh when i was about 15 years old it was an amiga 500 Which, this is 1986, what a great computer that was. Really, really fantastic computer. Um, And I wish I still had it. Um, Back in the day, of course, I think I was one of the first kids at high school to get a computer. And uh, my parents bought it for me because they thought that it would get me to learn computer code, but all I did was play games. Uh, and fantasy games Oops, so rpgs really obscure stuff that um you know most of you probably haven't heard any of the games things like the bard's tale if i never played the bard's tale um and uh for fairy tale the fairy tale is a really cool game it's spelled f-a-e-r-y for fairy uh very very groovy game um so uh, back that back when I was at school, if you admitted that you had a computer or you were into computing, I mean it was just like I mean you wouldn't get beaten up or anything, but it was like you're not you weren't going to pull any chicks. Let's put it that way, by going around saying that you played games and video games, um, let alone playing Dungeons and Dragons, which of course I played as well. Uh, I was a bit of a anomaly at school. Because I played Dungeons and Dragons, I played video games, I read lots of books, but then again, I played the guitar really well. Uh, I was really good at sport, and um, I was fairly good with girls. I was able, I was like a, I don't know. I was like a peacemaker. I I had a foot in so many different subcultures at school. I obviously had a I had a serious foot in the geek subculture, but I had a A foot in the sporty jock subculture Um, I had a a foot in the muses the musos culture Um, and I had a foot in the trendy kids culture like the the popular kids I wasn't one of their group but I was able to transition easily into their group whenever it suited me Um, I suppose I was a chameleon at school um, in that regard so uh, yeah, my gaming pedigree is long and uh, distinguished, of course. Um, into the 90s... Uh, oh, by the way, I've always been a PC gamer. I've never been a console gamer. I've never even owned a console. I'm not into a Twitch gaming. I'm not into first-person shooters or anything like that. Um, I'm the type of gamer who likes to build things as opposed to destroying. Um, I do like combat PvP, but... Uh, which means player versus player, for those of you who are wondering what I'm talking about. Um, and I played uh, Ultima Online for a while, and then World of Warcraft, uh, Age of Conan, uh, I mean, EVE Online, uh, on and on and on and on it goes, Arkage, Black Desert. Anyway, the last two years, I haven't really um, played that many MMOs. Uh, about 18 months ago, I played a game in very early development called Life is Feudal. And Life is Feudal is based on a feudalistic society. So there's no magic, there's no monsters, there's no dragons, there's no spells or anything like that. It's just what a uh, medieval society would be around the 12th century in Europe. Um, And you literally start off, it's a survivalist game, where you start off with some rags and... A bit few pieces of food, and if you don't start working out how to forage and find stuff, uh, you're quickly going to starve to death. And from that you can you can basically start off the game, you go to a tree you break a branch off a tree. With the branch, if you right click on the branch, you can make all sorts of primitive tools. if you have other ingredients that have to find, like shovels and pickaxes and saws and hammers and uh, axes to cut down trees and that sort of thing. So bit by bit you can start uh, building up a little camp, but the key with the game is you can't do it all by yourself because uh, there are no there are no levels in the game. You, you don't you don't level up as a character. What you have are skills, but you can't you have to specialise. You can't do all of them. So you're going to need to work together with other people, and it's all interconnected. So this game has been in development for three or four years. I think twenty fourteen they they first started. Uh, they first bought it out, uh, and. I first played it 15 months ago, and, um, and by the way, there's lots of combat in this game as well. You can, you can you can take anything from anyone. You can hit them over the head and take all their gear, uh, which sounds awful, but there is a really uh, effective al- alignment system where if you drop below a certain alignment point, you're permanent permanently classed as a criminal uh, and you have a whole lot of penalties uh, uh, on that. Hard penalties so that when you get killed, your skills degrade massively compared to everyone else so all that work you did to level up your skills is is undone so they've they've why do i like this game they've taken a long time to develop it and the developers have not listened to their to the players now you might be thinking to yourself well what's what's going on there the worst thing that a game developer can do is listen to what the players tell them they want and there's a few reasons for this number one people don't know what they want number two the most vocal people are normally the minority and don't reflect the majority the silent majority who 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 are the ones who are normally propping up your game number three what people say they want and what they actually want uh are usually completely different things so people will say what what they think will be the best thing and as if this the person who's saying it lives in a perfect world and is a perfect person themselves, and will always and will always uh act in an honorable way and this is not how the world works um so there's lo- lots of examples of games that have made the tragic mistake of listening to their player base uh the world of warcraft was the Best example of that. The biggest example, I suppose, of that. How they degraded the game bit by bit. Uh, degraded the game from the original vision of the uh, game developers. And this is why I like Life is Feudal quite a lot, uh, because the the game developers' vision, their vision, uh, they've stuck to that and held to it. Now they've listened to the player base as opposed to tweaking and uh the player base might say oh we'd like to have if we could be able to do this in the game and the developers look at and gone yeah that would work in this in this context of our vision but as regards to their vision of the game what they want to do they've been absolutely unyielding um to their great benefit or to their great benefits not the right word um but um I last was in the game eighteen months ago. I played it heavily for about two months because there's a there's a little stand. It's 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 going to be a MMO, which is a multi massively multiplayer online game. Um, but they they started off with a little standalone version on Steam called Life is Feudal Your Own, and what that is is uh, you can host a, your own little server and players can come and play, and it's just a very small snippet of the world. It's one island one large island with a smaller island on it but you can do anything to that island you can dig the ground up and and build things and tear things down and all sorts of stuff uh and i played that pretty extensively for a couple of months but it was very 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 like i said it was about 18 months ago i think that i did this i have to look on my blog um and eventually i just got a bit bored of it because the game was still quite uh raw in its infancy and they were still working lots of things out. It's particularly balance issues and that sort of thing, which can become very frustrating. So I dropped it because I knew it was in development and I tried it out and I liked it. But then I thought, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait and see where it is. And then about a month ago, uh, a good gamer friend of mine contacted me um, who I'd been playing that Life is Feudal with extensively. And he said, the beta is out. Um, shall we jump in it and check it out? So that's where I've been for the last week. Um, you know when a game is good, I mean really good, when you wake up and the first thing that goes through your mind even before you open your eyes is, what can I do in that game today? A game that really sucks you in. Uh, a game that you sit down at 10 o'clock at night just to play for a half an hour to do a couple of things and and, and before you know it, the room's getting brighter because the sun's coming up. Uh, and this is one of those games. Um, it's, it really is, uh, really, they've really done a good job. Um, it's probably the, one of the most beautiful gaming worlds I've ever seen. There's some things that uh, my fellow gamers have been complaining about. They think that the, uh, the character avatars are a bit clunky. Um, but uh, I find the game quite um, quite spectacular um beta will be finishing on monday and then it's and then i think there's another wave of beta in a few months after that um but i've been enjoying it a lot but what it's also done this is i'm segwaying into something else here it's a bit with me particularly those who, who aren't gamers and you're all probably thinking what the fuck is he talking about but um the same week that i've been involved in the game I've uh, seen the impact on my writing and my blog. Uh, it hasn't really impacted the work that I'm doing on my next book. That's still going along as I want it to go along. Um, but as regards to the blog goes, so I write an article every day. The article is normally around six or seven hundred words on average. Some go up to a thousand. Some around five hundred. But normally around the seven hundred and fifty word average. Uh, I normally get that written in about half an hour, um, which leaves you know, which is, and I try to do it every day, uh, and I, I'm mostly able to do it. I, you'll notice for those who follow my blog, you'll notice I miss Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had trouble this week. I had real trouble this week getting posts out, um, and on the face of it, only I mean, takes me half an hour to write a post on average. But in actual fact, I've realized this week that there's a lot more that goes into it. But to be able to come up with consistent, consistently interesting topics that you feel passionate enough to want to comment about, I, I hadn't realized how much work I was having to do behind the scenes to keep that level of content going. Um, so for every blog post that I write that takes me half an hour, I'd say there's actually three or four hours behind it of, uh, reading around on the internet, um, reading books in real life, taking notes, um, talking, talking to other people, um, interactions back and forth on social media, gauging which way the wind is blowing on, on hot topics and popular topics. Um, so you're able to tap into a, um, undercurrent of interest Uh, but if you just sit down and say okay i need to do my post today and oh what am i going to write about well then you're already you're already buggered because whenever i sit down to write uh what i'm doing the proper work on my blog in the morning i normally have half a dozen topics which i need to filter through like for instance if i look at the blog let's have a look um and i scroll down here Um, there was a post I did last week what's the date of it Uh, on February the 20th so what's that yeah 10 days ago the one on the River Diva River Diva's professional failures blamed on men and I got the photo of her you know they're looking sad as, as fuck um, because all of her personal problems are because of uh, misogyny and blah, 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 blah. I'm really happy with that article. I had that topic ready to write about, and I only write about it when I'm going to actually post it because I find it's fresher and it comes out better if I do it that way. I had that ready to go for about two weeks before I actually put it up. And I kept having to put it on the back burner because other stuff was, other stuff was kept coming up. I've got the one before it, gay marriage and the and fence one before that. Parasite SAWs don't spend money before that. Dave Rubin is a gay hypocrite. i got the Friday links before that. Then we got the art of change. All this stuff kept coming up. Robert got, I can't pronounce this guy's name has no business being a business columnist. That got column, up that went really well there's no such thing as an alpha female australian conservative conservative conservatism is finished women need to make more of an effort to look good bolton blair don't believe in free speech after all uh so i had that post on the river diva ready to go because i saw it on facebook i was like oh this is going to be big i'll write about this tomorrow and then the next day something else came up contrast that with this week where I sat down on Wednesday, I think it was. I didn't post on Wednesday. Let me see. Um, Yeah, I didn't uh, post on Wednesday. I didn't post on Wednesday because I didn't have anything. And I didn't have anything, I realised, because I've been spending so much time this week on this beta of this game. And... And that's when I realised how much background work actually goes into being able to post every day. Uh, so I look at other uh, people who are posting that I read regularly, uh, and who are posting lengthy, um, lengthy essays. And I'd say if we look, I think the Z Man at the moment. Uh, he's not posting every day, but he's coming very close to it. And his, his, uh, his uh, posts, I think, run to about eight or 900 words, I'd say, on average. I know how much work he's doing behind the scenes, because I'm having to do it myself. I really, really understand now um, something that I didn't understand before, or didn't I just not didn't understand it. I wasn't even aware of it. I just completely took it for took it for granted, so it's quite an interesting uh, it's been quite an interesting week in that regard um, for me to understand uh, the processes that I'm doing in the, in the actual work that I'm doing. You can be doing some work and be doing something I've been doing this for a year now extensively, and you can still not realize exactly what makes up. <laughs> Everything that goes into what you're uh, what you're putting out every day—it's quite. Um, I find it quite fascinating. Um, things that caught my eye this week, uh, as well, the Commonwealth Bank has an advertisement here in Australia, and it goes on and on and on and on and on about nothing to do with banking. I'm noticing this recently, like the ANZ Bank in Australia has an advertisement where. Uh, I think it's the costs of uh, bringing up a child. Yeah, so you've had... It goes along, something along these lines. So you've had your first child. Well, that's actually, you know, blah, 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 going to cost you $400,000 or $50,000 over the, the 18 years of the child's you know, before they become an adult and rah blah, 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 and you do this. And then at the end it goes, uh, something life is is more about this, uh, about facts or something. So how I many you say? ANZ Bank said bank, bank commercial um, now let's go commercial loans it's gonna not gonna work Add um, having a child let's see I just want to see exactly what this say um, and now I can't find it damn it um I oh, know videos let's have a look at videos um. Um. Commercial. Bear with me. No, it's not coming up. Um. But they're basically saying that life is more than just money. I think that that that's it. That's I think what that what their what their phrase is. I'm, I think it's the ANZ Bank. Maybe it's the St- National Australia. Life is more about money. Yes, the point is, yes, your kids are going to be costing you half a million dollars each to bring up, but life is more about money. It's like, well, really? Oh, so let's say we're not able to meet the mortgage payment this month. Let's see if we can use that uh, same uh, sentence uh, to the local bank manager. Uh, You guys are uh, in arrears on your mortgage payment. Yes, we we know, but um, life is more about money. No, life is more than about money. I just say that to him. Say, look on his face, you know, because we're bringing up a child, and it's half a million dollars over the course of the child's uh, before it reaches eighteen. So, life is more than about money. Um, that's fair enough. Isn't it? It's your advertisement. So, are we okay then for this month? We'll see about next month. We'll see how much life is is about money next month. It's just, I mean, it's just patently absurd that they. Uh, but all advertising is patently absurd. Anyway, the Commonwealth Bank ad that I was going to talk about. At some point it goes, there's the line that it says, does our society truly embrace everyone? And there's like, there's the poor fucking Muslim, you know, looking sad. And there's the poor gay fucking person looking sad. And there's a poor, the poor terrorists looking sad. And then there's the poor, you know, lunatic dressed up in women's clothing looking sad. Does our society truly embrace everyone? And I, I was in front of the television... this happened, that I just grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and I wrote that down very quickly so I wouldn't forget it. Because immediately it it hit me, that's the wrong question. The right question is, does everyone truly embrace our society? That's the question we should be asking. That's the truthful question. That's a question that will get to the truth and expose uncomfortable realities. Why is it the onus on our society to embrace everybody? Why shouldn't it be everyone who enters our society to embrace our society? Uh, and this is the great lie of multiculturalism, the lie of immigration, um, the lie of, uh, well, this is the whole thing about immigrants having rights and what's going on in America at the moment and people outraged, outraged that illegal immigrants. You know don't have any rights what part of the word illegal do they not understand I've been I've been an immigrant I, I emigrated to Italy I lived there for 10 years let me tell you it took me a shit ton of work to be able to get the permission to live in the country um, and in fact I was only able to do it for three months in the end and I had to go off and apply for a British passport which I was lucky enough to get through my father's Scottish ancestry Um, but immigrants don't have any rights. Well, you're immigrating to the country. You're the one who wants, you're the one knocking on the door, wanting to get in. Um, knocking on the door, wanting to get in and at the same time saying demanding rights and entitlements is, um, is completely, completely backwards and upside down, which is how, how the globalist elite who are pushing for the demolition of borders, the installation of a one world government Um, all their dreams are made of basically Um, but we're seeing the pushback on that now so the commonwealth bank asked the question does our society truly embrace everyone wrong question the real question should be does everyone truly embrace our society Uh, let's put the responsibility back where it actually belongs we didn't ask you to come here so why should we be embracing you no one around embracing me in italy Um, apart from hot chicks of course um but i certainly tried to embrace italian culture but after 10 years and speaking fluent italian and having almost only italian friends over there i'm not italian i'm not any more italian than a japanese guy lives across the road from me but just i'm not italian never will be yeah but we have that there is this magic dirt idea angela merkel today or yesterday angela merkel the the leader of germany poor germany said that, basically, as regards to the Volk, which translates as the people in German, uh, you are a member of the people. You are a German member of the German nation as soon as you live in that country. Um, that's just, this is completely absurd. So we can, I don't know, the Russian army coming into uh, Berlin in 1945, uh, they lived in the country then. So they're all the German Volk, are they? Is that how it works? So the whole point of these people is they don't want there to be any more Germans anymore. They don't want there to be any more Frenchmen. They don't want there to be any more Australians or Americans or anything like that. They just want to tear down all the borders and make it all one world government, um, and which won't work. Or, this is, you, might be, you might be listening to this going, but Adam, what's wrong with that? And the point is, is this what's wrong with that is that all you're gonna do is destroy your own culture you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna attract a whole bunch of millions and millions of immigrants who are gonna come in and go yeah yeah we all want that too uh, and then of course once they get to be the majority they'll turn around and going oh we never wanted that oh, let's but this is now not germany anymore it's now uh, western afghanistan or whatever bang that's how it happens that's what happens that happened to the roman empire well they invited the bloody... I think it was the Goths that were fleeing from the Huns across the river and gave them sanctuary, and oh, my God, that was a bad move. I think it was the Goths and the Huns, I can't remember. So, yeah, Commonwealth Bank, does our society truly embrace everyone? Fuck you, Commonwealth Bank. Fuck you. And I... Ugh, fuck you, Commonwealth Bank. Really. Really. Anyway. Um... The other day, I was walking down the street near my house, coming back from the shops. I like walking. I tend not to drive my car. The car's there, it's sitting out the front. I'll only take the car if I really, really, really need the car. And that's because the the roads in Melbourne are so congested that often public transport, i.e. the train, is way faster than any vehicle i mean it's just impossible to get around this is the other thing with immigration i mean the road systems in australian cities are not designed for the amount of people that we have but melbourne this week the melbourne melbourne the state government here in victoria stan has announced an extra i think it's 20 or 25 brand new suburbs that they're going to build I don't know what the population of Melbourne is now. I think it's like four million or something. It's just the city's roads are not designed for this. It's one thing I don't understand is that on the one hand, progressives and and all of your green nuts and lunatics and those on the left go on about how we're using up the world's resources and that uh, the world's population is too big. But on the other hand, at the same time, they say that the population, we must always have a growing population, so we need immigration to do that. So why do we have to have a growing population? I mean, we don't need any more people in Melbourne. We've got too many. The roads can't handle it. It's just ridiculous. Perth was exactly the same when I was over there. I couldn't believe the state of the traffic. And that's spending billions of dollars on this on this infrastructure, but it's always catch up. Now they want to build 20 new suburbs. What the hell is going on? Why is is a rising population always a good thing? I mean, how many people are in the British Isles now? 60 million? 65 million? What's it going to be in 200 years' time? Why is a rising population? It's the assumption that you need to do this. I can see some benefits with a falling population for sure. House prices will go down. How's that for a start? Less people, more houses, housing surplus. We'll just get some cheaper houses. Oh, well, we won't have enough people to to produce things. It's just like immigrants go straight onto welfare, the vast majority of them these days. Back in the day, immigrants—you only got to be an immigrant if you were like, well, we need uh, doctors and we need nurses and we need uh, brain surgeons and we need, you know. Now it's like um, you come in and just go on welfare or 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 work pumping petrol at a service station. It's just what? Why do we? What, think of all the people who are on welfare right now and sitting around doing nothing. And let's say in Melbourne. That's 5% of the population. Well, okay, let's stop immigration. Let's drop our population 5%. Sounds good to me. Fucking immigration. Anyway, walking down the street, because I don't choose to drive, because the roads are fucked. And there was was a bit of a narrow part of the street where the footpath kind of narrows a bit because there's a tree and it's, you know, basically if you're walking there, uh, and someone else is passing you, you've got to be single file. So if you're walking along talking to someone, and it's two people walking abreast, coming from each side, as you're coming, as you, if you're going to meet at that point, you either two have to stop and wait and let the other two first, or you have to go into single file, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I noticed a gentleman, older gentleman walking towards me in the opposite direction, pushing a pram. Uh, it was an Asian gentleman and now remember in Australia we walk wherever you are in a country you walk on the footpath or the sidewalk uh, the same side that you drive on the road so here in Australia we walk on the left because we drive on the left pushing the pram guy sees me moves over to the left I move a bit to the left we go past each other no problem at all no issue so it's probably probably grandfather out um, pushing around his uh, his you know, grandchild for the for the morning or something. But then it kind of hit me if that it was like an instant moment flash bang in my mind if that had been a mother pushing the pram, um, that little moment in time would not have gone as well. Or as painlessly as it had gone with the older Asian gentleman. If you want to know, I mean, people go on about entitlements and a sense of entitlement. If you want to know a sense of entitlement, get a woman with a fucking pram. Because they are just going to run you down. Because I am woman, I am mother, I have child. All must get out of my way before me. All societal rules go to the wayside when I am mother, I have pram, move down the street in a torrent of self-righteous fury and indignation. Get it all the time. They'll just literally run you down and expect you to leap out of the way, which of course I don't do. So I've had more than one situation. We've literally stopped. On the footpath and the woman in question is glaring at me and i'm like what do you want me to do get over to your side i'm not leaping out of your way the entitlement of mothers with prams in in australia i don't know what it's like overseas but in australia the entitlement of mothers with prams is beyond belief god help you if you encounter a woman with twins with one of those double prams, side by side. Not the twins where the twins are in front or behind each other in line, but the twin pram where they're side by side. God help you in that scenario. The only thing you can do is throw yourself into traffic on the street. You'll be safer there. Being run down by the woman with the pram. Ah... I don't know, is it just me? Maybe it's just me. Maybe you're all going to tell me, Adam, it's just you. You know, every mother with a pram that I ever encounter is the epitome of uh, dignity and, uh, and grace and uh, polite behaviour um, as we pass each other on the footpath with nary a concern in the world for each other. Maybe it's just me that I just keep getting uh, run down by these banshee mothers with prams. And there's the other thing about women with prams. And I noticed this when I lived in Albany uh, three or four years ago. My wife and I spent about three months in Albany. Albany is a little coastal town uh, down in the southwest corner of Western Australia. It's a very beautiful town. It's got a beautiful harbour, um, King George Sound. What a wonderful name for a, um, a harbour. It used to be a whaling centre of, uh, of uh, Australia. Um, it's very windswept. It's very Scottish uh i find a very dynamic landscape we were there for three months because we were moving from perth to melbourne uh but my wife had a um with a, her work had basically moved her but she had a three-month contract in albany so i quit my job we went down there we spent three months in albany and her her company picked up all, our tab for our accommodation and everything and i took that uh three months to really really work hard on my first book in fact i got a lot done um so that was 20 2013 so this is winter 2013 so winter in albany was lovely i just it was just like cold it was rainy we had a place with a log fire overlooking the sound it was just beautiful anyway so what i'd do in the morning is i'd get up and i'd work on my book for three or four hours uh until my brain was fried uh and then around 11 o'clock i'd go for a walk uh, there was a, like a boardwalk around the king george sound you could go from Middleton Beach, uh, where we were staying, around the sound there. It was probably about three or four kilometres long. Into, the, into Albany itself, I'd get a coffee, something to eat, and then I'd walk back and that'd be back refreshed, back to keep riding in the afternoon. So I was normally walking along there at the same time of day, and consider I was there for two or three months, so I started to see the same people. Uh, all the other morning, mid-morning, late-morning walkers. Let's put it that way. Uh, so here I am, 40-year-old male, white male at the time, walking by myself, nary a care in the world. Um, if I happened to cross, walking in the other direction, another, another person of a, a masculine... Uh, persuasion uh we would would give each other a nod we might even say good morning um g'day mate how you going it's funny that I, i find that people people will respond to your greeting with the same greeting that you use so if you say g'day mate which is a typical greeting in australia they'll say oh g'day mate back so how you going oh yeah how you going Top of the morning to you, old chap. Oh, yeah, top of the... Well, they generally won't say that. But people tend to respond in kind. Um, and I got to know people, but uh, there were also a lot of uh, mothers with prams. Now, the the path was wide enough... And it was quite well laid out. It was almost like a, you could you could driven, you could have driven a car along this path if you wanted to. Though there, there were boardwalky places where the car wouldn't have gone so well, but it was wide enough that there were no real problems of keeping out of each other's way. But I quickly discovered, and I mean quickly discovered that a uh, an older man, a forty year old man, uh, walking by himself, does not greet a woman with pram. Um the reaction that I would get uh, would be best described as outright hostility. Um the looks on the they would I would never get a response. I would get a glare. And I don't know whether they were glaring at me because a man had put them in a position of being had forced to put a child push a child around in a pram, I was a blaming the motherhood on me. I thought women like motherhood. I, I don't understand. Are they, were they, It was a suspicion that I was going to rape and murder her and her child. I don't know. I don't know. It was broad daylight. There were other people around. I don't see how I could have gotten away with it, if that was my intention, which it wasn't. But literally, I was treated like, um, well, I mean, how would you feel walking along? And I started to, it got annoying, so I would, and I decided I'm not going to, I'm not going to lower my own personal standards because of other people's rudeness. So I'd continue every morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. If there were a group of women pushing prams, good morning, ladies. Blah, blah, blah. I would only get a response from a group if there was a man in the group. And the man, when he responded to me, would look... So, So you understand group walking towards me let's say three women and a man okay good morning i say i would get a good morning back from the other man in the group the women not only would ignore me but would glare at the man in their midst for saying good morning to me by the way i don't i'm not walking around with spiked blue hair or anything i'm about as clean cut as you can imagine Older people were different. So women in retirement age, if I said good morning, would say good morning back. Not a problem. But women of a certain age, between the ages of, say, 22 to 50, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, just just the pits. And, and there is this, as a man, there is this continual... It, Australian society is hostile to men. In this regard and that's when it that's when that moment in albany is when it really struck me it was the women with the prams hostility outright hostility towards me as a man Um, it's a sad indictment it's a sad indictment at the moment of um this war between the sexes where we now have the two sexes pitted against each other in western civilization and I don't know of any civilization in history that's ever done that, to the extent that we're doing it now. They've attempted to feminise men, but that hasn't worked because men are a lot more resilient than it's given credit for. So they're masculinizing women, which is why we see things like a women's AFL football competition. The Z Man wrote an interesting, um, and very interesting uh, article on that this week. And if you don't know the Z Z blog, it's there in my. Um, it's there in my blog list under Z because it's done alphabetically. Uh, but he wrote a thing on women's sports, um, and it kind of—I was—I was reading it and I was thinking along the lines now because I've wrote, written about the Australian rules football. Um, anyone who was—this is, is this is the Z man. Anyone who has tried to watch women's basketball understands that it is terrible in just about every way imaginable. Basketball is about speed, jumping and obviously shooting. Fans go to NBA games to see freaks of nature who can leap from the top of the key and dunk the ball over some other freak. The women's game is described as low and slow, meaning the style of play is pretty much the opposite of what fans of basketball want to see. The girls look like they are nailed to the floor most of the time. Of course, in a same world, we would not demand that girls do all the same things men do, but we no longer live in a same world. Uh, And on it goes. Um, Very, 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 very true. Uh, These women are attempting to play sports that were designed um, for men. They were designed, as Z-Man says, they were designed by men for men. Um, and so it's 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 not a war against masculinity as such as, as it is a war against femininity. To be feminine is to be seen as a bad thing, as a, a negative trait for women. And so was it really the case 40 or 50 or 60 years ago that uh, a man saying good morning to a woman on a promenade will be met with outright hostility, like we are today. I mean, a culture and a civilization is based on social norms and, and interactions. Uh, and it's the effort that we make that makes the difference. It's the restraint that we show that counts more than anything else. Um, and so, three or four years later, after the Albany period, I find myself living in Melbourne and walking down the street and now I myself am glaring at women at prams because they are the enemy. They are the ones who are treating me badly and trying to push me off the street. So I push back. Is this what we've come to? A society can't survive in this way. A society has to have cultural norms. But anyway, there we go. Shout-outs this week. Captain Capitalism, of course. Uh, My great uh, blogging buddy. Uh, Cappy's uh, put quite a few podcasts out this week because he's out on the road again. Um, He gets out on the road a lot, which is good to see. Um, He's got a very nice motorbike. Oh, that's the other thing. I sold my motorbike last week. No, yeah, last week my Ducati. Why did I sell it? Mm, all right, let me just say that the good wife and I are moving. Where I'm not revealing as yet, but we are moving, and I can't take bike with me. Well, I could take bike with me, but it would just um, it would just be somewhat somewhat difficult. Um. But Cappy's out on the road again, so he's got a whole bunch of podcasts up. So um, check him out. Uh, he's got an excellent podcast, excellent YouTube channel, uh, and excellent advice uh, for people who need advice through arsehole consulting. I wrote about yesterday about some, someone who could do with that sort of advice. Um, I wrote a post called You Can't Succeed If You Can't Fail. A guy who... Um, literally has no direction, thirty years of age, living at home with his parents in Europe and um can't find a job because he has no motivation to find a job and the reason is because his parents are supporting him so he's not hungry is he why 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 are you gonna why are you gonna find a job if you don't need one um but of course men need men need to produce to feel good about themselves men need to make things me men need to share their experience and knowledge with the world for good or evil but let's just have to share it so you can't succeed if you can't fail Uh, that young man could do with some arsehole consulting advice I would say Um, but I don't uh, I don't know if he would be uh, uh, doing that I don't think he's ready just yet you can lead a horse to water remember but you can't make it uh, drink a beer um So this has been episode 38. Um, I'll call it the women with pram episode, even though I spoke about some different stuff. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that the volume settings worked for you. Um, And um, tune in next week where I'll talk about uh, men with prams and how much nicer they are. (gasps) Toodaloo.